Hello, listener. If you've made it this far into the episode, perhaps you are enjoying this remix conversation about power, culture, and education. And if that's the case, please consider joining others like you, educators, community leaders, activists, scholars, artists, and youth by supporting the Two Dope Teachers in a Mic podcast and productions on Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you can get on-air shout-outs, sneak previews, and early released episodes, insider information on the happenings in Two Dope Nations, and many other small benefits. The greatest benefit, though, is you enable us to keep bringing the fire. Because of people like you, we have expanded to two podcasts with the exit interview taking flight and forcing hard conversations about attacks on black educators. And we've added new features, including episode transcripts and a revamped website, all because of listeners like you. But that's just the beginning. Your support will open up new possibilities for us and for the communities we represent and advocate for. And at the $15 per month level, you receive a sticker. Yes, folks, a sticker. To support the podcast, head over to patreon.com slash 2dopeteachers. That's patreon.com slash 2dopeteachers. What's up, everybody? It's Gerardo. I am here with a guest that I've been waiting and waiting and just trying to get. We've been missing each other a lot over these last few weeks. Y'all are going to be really excited to hear this conversation, but it gives me great, great pleasure and privilege to welcome Hillary Wimmer. And if you don't know who she is, you should know who she is. She is the 2020 Colorado Teacher of the Year. Hillary, how are you? very well thank you so much for having me here today i'm very excited to to talk to you and congratulations on being the 2021 colorado teacher of the year thank you so much and congratulations to you on being the 2020 colorado teacher of the year you see this is a thing that so so i don't know if you had the same experience but at induction they were really clear that we should actually get used to using that title for ourselves right did you have that same sort of conversation with the other state teachers of the year you know, we had the conversation and to be honest, I am now in 2021 and I still <laughs> have a difficult time using that title. Yeah. I honestly, I, I've had so much trouble with it because I don't like titles. I yeah. just, I'm teaching and I feel like when you have a title like that, it's it's just interesting, you know? <laughs> I'm not a title person, but I have said it um, several times and yes, you do have to embrace it. Um, it is a great position and you are the advocate for Colorado, all teachers in Colorado. And so it is a really important title, but it, it is still maybe a little uncomfortable for me to use it. Definitely, yeah, I, f- I feel like I feel like I had my my moment of not being comfortable with it. And and now I'm like, just because of the way I carry myself, I'm sort of like, yeah, it's me. Um, but, you know, also, I think what I'm trying to impart to folks is that I am the 2021 Colorado Teacher of the Year. I am not the 2021 greatest teacher in Colorado. Like, that's a really different idea. And as you say, the the responsibility and and really the privilege 
to advocate for our state, for the teachers in our state, and for the young people in classrooms across our state. Like, that's really humbling, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And, you know, that's actually, it's a very humbling experience. I think once you're named uh, with an honor like this, you are representing everybody. And again, I would agree with you. I don't think it's best teacher. I think it's the selected teacher. But, you know, what's interesting is when you come back from your teacher of the year training, you still have very humbling moments in the classroom. You know, you are still going to make mistakes. Yep. You are still going to have a lesson that just absolutely um, does not work. And sometimes you leave asking yourself, why did they pick me? Yeah. <laughs> I've got to change all of this and, and totally redo it. And what I learned is I think that's why they pick people like us. Mm. We and that we're flawed, just like all teachers. Yeah. And we're willing to learn from our mistakes and we're willing to fix things. And, and we try really hard because we're very passionate about our job. So um, if I would ask you those questions, your response would be, yeah, right. That's, that's probably you too. And so <laughs> I think that's one of the great honors of the position is teachers are humans and that's yeah. what we are too. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to that point, I remember probably a week after I was notified, after I was named a 2021 Teacher of the Year, um, I, I was having some issues with um, with my Google Meet because who doesn't have issues with their Google Meet, right? And so I'm kind of like struggling with it. And one of my students who we have this, we have we have a great rapport. We kind of we kind of pick on each other, you know, and just kind of joke with each other. And he's like, oh, okay. So I guess that teacher of the year is when some one day stuff, wasn't it? <laughs> and, so, and uh, you know, uh, teaching high school students, like that's just kind of, that's how the love is shown, right? That's how it comes across. <laughs> that's absolutely how the love is shown. And, and, you know, the students are so sweet. It's, they, they were asking me, they said, does this mean now that we're students of the year? And I said, well, absolutely. Right. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. <laughs> you know, you're, you're right. I mean, I'll never forget it. I came back from training and we basically went to shut down right away, which I, I kept telling my students, I said, you know, this, this sounds a little bit odd. Something big is coming. I think that the school may close just early to clean things to make sure everybody's safe. I said, but don't worry. I teach business and finance. I said, you will see. And I promise you this businesses will respond to even a pandemic. I just don't know how long it's going to take. Yeah. so um, I told him, I said, we're not, we'll come back after spring break. And so, you know, I was, I was trying to remind kids, hey, and I'm trying to be there for them. And uh, I had a student approach me this year. He goes, Miss Wimmer, you lied to me. He <laughs> <laughs> said that we would come back after spring. Oh, just a um, Absolutely. You know, they, it's so much fun to have fun with the kids. They realize that you're a human. And actually, I'm sure like you, I learn so much from my students every single day. And they're actually my best teachers when it comes to teaching. So absolutely. Yeah. And I remember saying something really similar to what you said as we kind of as we came through February and students are like, so Munoz, I heard there's this thing. And of course, um, I, I don't tend to play it safe on these kinds of things. I was like, you know, I remember avian flu. I remember swine flu. Like it, it wasn't, you know, we were prepared, all that kind of stuff. No need to worry. And then here we are. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, same thing. It's like, it's going to be a long spring break. And, you know, 
I, I feel some feelings of guilt because, you know, the students would say I manifested it a little bit. Like, so in two ways. So first we played the board game pandemic in my uh, AP world history class to sort of understand the spread of disease pathogens over history. It's a great game. It's really complex. Um, and the students, <clears throat> it was interesting how they were playing this game and saying, man, would this, if there was a pandemic, would it really happen like this? And I said, you know, considering travel, considering like how interconnected we all are, there's a really good chance that it, that it would. And so they accused me of manifesting it that way. And then the second way was when we went into that three weeks spring break as DPS kind of did, I just remember saying to myself, <clears throat> this year has been so hard. I really, really could use that three weeks. And, um, and now here we are. And, you know, if I had anything I could say to 2020 hit out of the Munoz, I'd be like, man, you don't know tired you do not know exhaustion. <laughs> like You just wait. Um, so we kind of touched on this already, but um, I would love to hear you talk a little bit about when you learned that you had been named the 2020 Colorado Teacher of the Year. Um, how did you react? You, know, you, you said that it's still something that you're kind of like, I'm not a title person. It's like still weird to think of myself as having a title. Um, but those first weeks and months, and I'm talking kind of like before COVID, um, what was that like for you? Well, um, I, <laughs> let me just give you the story. So, you know, I had been into some interviews and um, on a personal note, I had been asked by my school district to submit the application because I was named Adams 12 um, Certified Employee of the Year. There you go. Great honor. Um, so that was really exciting, right? Um, in the meantime, my um, younger brother, Johnny, who suffered on and off from bipolar depression actually committed suicide, which was so tragic, tragic. And um, I, you know, was kind of in that position where a lot of family members who have lost somebody to suicide are, it's, it's trying to focus on just waking up each day and um, helping your family through something like that. And so uh, our communications, one of our directors had said, Hey, time to get your application. And I just said, listen, like, I, you know, this is the last thing on my mind. And he's like, I know what's going on. And um, I'm going to help you because I really feel like this should be um, your thing. So, you know, forgot about it because we're in the midst of dealing with a family tragedy. And I forgot that, that we even submitted the application and they called me for an interview. And I thought, wow. This is a joke, you know? And so uh, fast forward, you know, a couple of months later, I basically was supposed to be taking my kids to a field trip for a job shadow at Purina, Nestle Purina. And I was so excited, just so excited. Um, the kids were going to see automation in the factory. And I mean, it was the first time and we were like the only school invited. So it was just win, 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 win. And they called me from junior achievement two days before and said, we have to cancel. And I told my students like, oh, I can't even believe it. This is so unprofessional. <laughs> you know, normally we deal with businesses. They're so great. Yep, yep. Um, so, of course, we, I, we get called to this assembly. They trick me about they're going to pie one of our special ed kids to raise money for the school district, which I, I you know, red flag should have been going up. Like, we're going to ask community members we're to like, give. We, we're really going to do that? We're okay. But that, that seems odd. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But, you know, I mean, I, I think it was just so clouded because if anyone's experienced a loss of a family member, your brain probably doesn't work for a couple of years after, you know? And so I was just going along with whatever, okay, I'll get this, this done. And so we walk into the assembly and that's where I just see all of these people sitting. And I thought to myself, I think that's the Colorado commissioner of education. <laughs> so that was 
be an incredible <laughs> moment. They, my principal at the time who just retired, she had tracked down my husband. She had called principals around the school, uh, um, school and other districts to find my kids who are in a different district. So they got to be okay. there. Um, so really special. And, you know, after that, really, I was most excited and I have been still to this day because I'm working on some pretty big um, fun projects mm. about advocating for financial literacy education for all students um, because there's some big impacts, you know, that I'm, I'm seeing, especially when it comes to women, different ethnic groups. I think there's some major problems with education in that arena. So yeah, so ever since then, and I started saying, you know what, if this was going to be my my new title, I really have to do what's best for kids. And so that's, that's what I've been working on all year. You know, we shut down in the pandemic shortly afterwards, but I, I made a promise to myself and my students, I will not stop this work. So actually, I'm on a committee in Adams 12 right now, and they are finally looking at doing um, a graduation requirement for um, personal finance. And I'm now on the Colorado State Committee reviewing the standards and trying to figure out how we can expand access. So really exciting. That's amazing. And was it was this your um, your message or your platform as you sort of went into your work as teacher of the year? You know, I don't I don't know how you feel about this, but yeah. when you first get into training, they're like, what's your platform? And yeah. Um, for me, it was a real struggle because a lot of people said, you know, you should talk about mental health and like your brother's struggle with um, depression and bipolar. And that's what I'm always willing to talk about. But I thought I can't really drop who I am to and, and you know, drop this thing that's so important because one of the reasons my brother did struggle is he felt like his finances were always out of control. And so oh, wow. I think yeah. we meet some of those base layer needs for, for people you know, it's, it's earth shattering for them. And the smallest financial issues can become very big, especially when you have a mental illness paired with it. So yeah. um, I definitely have a lot of advocacy for mental health um, and suicide prevention, but I really feel like the one huge gap in our, our education system is giving fair and equal access to all students so that they can start life running. And it doesn't matter where you come from. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter career you have if you have solid financial principles behind you I feel yeah. like we can give every kids a jump every kid a jump start so yeah, yeah so that, that's become my platform yeah. and what yours I'd love to hear what yours is because oh, they ask <laughs> I feel so going, oh, people, what platform? people will be people will be un, unsurprised to know that my platform is, is just not that it's not very concrete <laughs> because I tend to think and act in abstracts but essentially what I'm working on is um is help students be seen. Students need to be seen. And that sort of, I couch that within a context of anti-racism, anti-sexism, uh, fighting homophobia and transphobia where it lives. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the terrible attack that happened in Atlanta has really opened up some opportunities to discuss, discuss um, you know, oppressive behaviors and hatred towards Asian American Pacific Islanders. And uh, my students are, are pretty into this kind of thing. And so uh, you may remember, because you interviewed me, um, that I talked a lot about, um, about how we can make Black Lives Matter in the classroom, how we can stop the attack on Black educators. That's become a really large point for me, um, because I think a lot about how, and th this was where induction was so interesting for me, because there was that storytelling session that we did. And... Um, where I kind of realized that at every significant turning point of my 
intellectual life, there was a black educator or a black artist um, who was there. Um, so I had gained a lot of tools that were really helpful. But when it came to really finding a next level of impact and wisdom, it was it was with a black educator there. So so it's uh, to be seen is what we're sort of looking at. And um, but I love the financial literacy piece because what what I've noticed over and I've had some amazing conversations with both young people and with people working in the community. I'll have to connect you with uh, my friend Tere Esquivel. Um, he's a Denver Public Schools guy. Uh, he's an alumni, runs a great organization called Ednium, and they're actually working towards exactly what you're working towards, which is a graduation requirement in financial literacy and, um, and personal finance. So really cool. Um, and it's the thing that when you talk to students, particularly in high school, particularly students who are in 11th and 12th grade, it's the one thing that they will always tell you. I don't know how I'm going to survive financially. I don't know how to, you know, manage my budget. I don't know where to even start with those kinds of things. And it was one of those things that I had underestimated as an issue. Um, and the more I talk to students and the more I reflect on my spouse will tell you that marrying me was also marrying into debt and bad credit <clears throat> because I didn't have these opportunities. And, you know, if I could be so bold as, as you sort of, um, speak to Johnny's struggle, your brother, right? Um, and how that financial piece was 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 a part of what can drive a person into a really bad space. And you you couple that with mental illness. I think about my own struggles as a as a college student living on one meal a day and um, trying to figure out how I was going to pay my rent and also trying to go to school. Um, so it just is really it's really fascinating to me how you sort of bring those things together in that, um, in that thing. So, um, and you continue to do that work. Well, yeah. And you know, what's interesting is what makes me the saddest is you look at the, the biggest issues coming out of the pandemic, there is such a financial impact, but it's really, it, it, I mean, it's kind of creating a bigger distinction between um, people living in poverty and then people who are very wealthy, right? Mm -hmm. Almost getting rid of the middle class. And so we've seen people that live in poverty actually be impacted the worst. We actually saw during the pandemic that more women had to quit their jobs to stay at home um, for childcare reasons. And we already know that women specifically make, you know, 80 cents on the dollar. Right. But when you see dropouts, increasing in minority students, that really concerns me. And a lot of it is financial based, you know, interesting story about my brother is, um, and again, this goes with the mental health thing. A lot of times they don't realize because they haven't learned the, the fundamentals and the basic principles, but you know, when he was really sick, he went out in a state of mania and he actually invested in Bitcoin. Okay. And, yeah. He bought six Bitcoin. And so you know, had he realized and had he had the proper training um, coupled with the, um, the skills, I, I love what you say about people being able to see you. I think a lot of times um, people feel unseen and specifically yeah. people with um, any kind of mental illness or um, disability, they really feel like nobody sees them, nobody understands them. And so um, when you looked at that, if, if, if you would have just had those, those connections, but also had that basic understanding, Things could have turned out differently, but you know, as with any mental illness, you just don't know. Yeah. So, I do worry. I mean, I, I really feel like the pandemic is going to hit 
specifically a lot of our minority students. And I think we're going to see a lot of those, those gaps actually increase. And so that's why I, I'm, I, this has to stop, right? I mean, um, education theoretically is supposed to be the great equalizer, but when we see students leave high school and you know how this is, I'm sure with your students, the students that do go on, um, if they get any financial counseling at all, it's something maybe out of counselor's offices and they haven't been trained in um, financial literacy because it's lacking from teacher education program, right? right? right. Um, so speaking to your struggle, how would you know any different? Like, yeah. you know, as teachers don't, you look through every degree plan for educators, there's not a single personal finance class and many of us miss that in high school. And so um, I really am just passionate. Um, you know, I'm actually running workshops for our teachers right when we get back from spring break, I have certified financial planners. I have somebody that's coming in wow. to talk about college and how we calculate expected family contribution, because the whole idea is if I can make our teachers, if I can lift our teachers up, yeah. they will replace a lot of these conversations. So kids that are not having them at home, maybe because their parents are not there, their yeah. single parent family or um, working multiple jobs and don't have the understanding that the teachers start to, to step into that role until we get the financial education in place. So yeah. Yeah. And, and, to, and to that point, you know, if, if parents themselves, like I have a teenager and um, if we ourselves didn't receive that education and that opportunity to, to learn about how to be a free person financially, um, then where are students going to get this information? It's, it's an incredible point. Um I just want to put a pin in something you said that I think is really important. And I think it kind of goes into the next, uh, the next kind of topic to talk about. Um, when you're talking about how um, impacts that COVID will have, and I think that's such an important way to phrase it, because a lot of us out here in the world are kind of feeling like, well, there's a vaccine, so everything's going to be fine. We're going to open up, the economy's going to revive, and all that kind of thing. And, you know, I, th I think what you're indicating is that actually there's going to be shockwaves um, that are going to be felt for a while. And, and that gap in financial literacy and that gap in an ability to pursue finan fin bleh, financial freedom um, is going to get bigger. So let's talk a little bit about COVID, though. So, um, Clearly, um, the onset of COVID-19 derailed um, probably a lot of what you were hoping to do as Teacher of the Year. Now, I would argue that maybe that's not a terrible thing because it means we get to do stuff together, which I'm super pumped about, um, you know. Um, but, but how did things change for you and how did you sort of, like, I think about times that I just really struggled to like just stay positive and encouraged every day and you were like teacher of the year in in a year that was like no other like and just as an aside I almost didn't turn in my application either I got really frustrated with a pdf program I had and I was just kind of like you know what forget it forget it I can't do this this is frustrating and my spouse was like no no there are people who have invested in you so you are going to finish this anyway <laughs> so how did you how did you sort of um how did you carry that? How did you engage the work as, as uh, the 2020 Teacher of the Year? Well, you know, um, so right when I got back from training, we're so excited. And I was really excited to go to the White House because I thought for sure um, if I could set up meetings with all the senators and representatives and, you know, we were going to be meeting um, with the president at the time, which was President Trump and um, Mike Pence. And I thought, you know, here's the thing. Um, 
politically, a lot of people feel very different about every president, right? But I thought politically, maybe this is the president that will really listen to this particular message, maybe not some other message. Mm-hmm. Message. So yeah. I was really excited. I had bought plane tickets yeah. and I had talked to a lot of the national organizations I worked with. I'm like, listen, we might have some ears in the room. And so right. getting everything set up and then, you know, everything just shut down. So um, at first, I'm sure probably like you, it's, it's really disheartening. Um, I was very saddened, like, wow, I feel like everything's been taken away from me, right? And then um, perspective-wise, my sister works in the ICU, and she had come over one night just in tears saying, we, we are, we're out of PPE. Like, I am scared for my life. Like, I, I don't know. It's airborne. And so I thought to myself, why would I feel sorry for myself? She's got four kids. Sure. She's a single mom. And so uh, my daughter and I, who I, I had taught basic sewing skills, I said, we are going to go get furnace filters and we're going to start sewing masks. Like wow. empowering to the pieces of what can you control, right? And um, yeah, you have to work from home, but I knew I could control like helping people around me and, and mm. motivating my friends. And so there were times we went into our DECA store had been shut down that we run at school. And I said, well, we're going to feed people. We're just going to empty the inventory. We're going to give all the food away. I don't care what the bottom line is, you know, it's supposed to be a profitable enterprise, but um, we're doing what's right in this situation. And so I thought, felt like just taking steps like that was so important and probably one of the best lessons for my own children, but also for the students, right? It's resiliency. And then um, I said, I can't feel sorry for myself. I had students that were um, doing Olympic trials that had them canceled. I mean, I don't have the worst story. And so it's, it's postponed, but I really am a true believer in everything in life somehow gets timed. And I'm sure you might look back and think the same thing on your life. Things fall into place for a reason. And so it's, it's really just teaching every educator in Colorado self-care and how do you move out of a crisis and start to transform? And I made a commitment to myself and would wake up and tell myself this every single day, whatever happens, I'm coming out of the pandemic, the best version of myself, Yeah, reflecting upon who I want to be and what I want to accomplish. And so that's what <laughs> I focus on it every day. So. so that's so inspirational. Like, I think it's such an important thing to kind of realize. And, you know, I think to your point about re- resiliency, I think a lot of times in schools and elsewhere, we talk about resiliency as if, as if it's no big deal, right? It's like, oh, this is hard. It's a barrier, but I'm resilient. And so it'll be okay. And so, you, you know, we don't, we sort of, we have the ABC after school special version of, um, of resiliency. And, you know, it's going to sound like really obvious, but resiliency means you actually have to be resilient. There's an actual barrier there. There's actually hard stuff that you have to kind of face. And I think that's probably been the piece for me, you know, and, and like, yeah, I, I, it's funny because um, as hard as the year has been in so many ways, uh, like, I don't know if I've had a better, like, school year for myself, just in terms of opportunities I've been blessed with. And, um, you know, I, I feel like I've been saying a lot of the same stuff over a long period of time. But 2020, 2021 became when, you know, there's a place where I could air those messages and, um, and kind of finding ways to creatively engage and creatively do things and there there's teachers in my building who are just doing incredible things on virtual platforms and um and i think 
that's been a really interesting thing. So, but, but amazing too. And, you know, the perspective that you offer that, you know, I didn't miss a single paycheck. Um, I, you know, I never saw a reduction in pay. Um, I have not lost people. Um, I had COVID that was exciting. Um, but it was a relatively, um, was a relatively minor case and I'm fully vaccinated now. And like, so, you know, it could be a lot worse. And so now how do I turn my attention to the future and, and the continued recovery from this time? So what, um, what's been the most rewarding part for you of being Colorado Teacher of the Year? And, and that's the thing that I want to emphasize to folks. Like, you're not just, you don't, you're not just Colorado Teacher of the Year for 2020 and then you fade back into the background. Um, like, Hillary, you will always be the 2020 Colorado Teacher of the Year. You will always be a state teacher of the year. What's been the most rewarding um, aspect of, of this position for you? Um, you know, there's so many things. I think you have to look at it personally and then you have to look at it professionally. And um, for, for me, one of the greatest, um, most personally rewarding things is, again, my family went through this terrible tragedy. And I think my parents were really in a funk of like, what did we do wrong as parents and what, you know, what could we have fixed? And then suddenly it goes from, you know, this ultimate low to, oh my gosh, your, your daughter's getting recognized in the state. And so for them, that was probably one of my um, most proud moments because I hadn't seen my parents actually smile in, I don't know, like eight months. And so I get a little emotional there just because it's, you know, it's, it's something you take for granted, right? Just seeing your parents smile. I mean, we've all seen our parents mad and things like that, but they lost that for, for a while. And any parent that's lost a child has that. So personally for me, that was, that was one of my greatest rewards. Um, but professionally, um, I would say being Colorado Teacher of the Year, and like you said, 2020, um, the first advice I got is you're always going to be 2020 Teacher of the Year. So don't go do anything crazy. <laughs> don't go throw any parties and end up on the news. And I was like, okay, um, <laughs> I go to bed at nine o'clock. Like that wasn't going to be a thing. Like I wouldn't do that <laughs> not as Teacher of the Year. <laughs> right. I know. I was like, yeah, I, things are not that exciting in my world. So, um, but you're right. It's, Professionally, for me, it's been seeing the incredible things that Colorado teachers are doing and knowing that I do have a voice to make an impact. And a lot of times, I mean, I've been asking for financial education and rolling the ball bigger and bigger. It's like a snowball. I try to roll it bigger and bigger and bigger every year. And I think this was just the thing that pushed it over the edge where people said, okay, now we have to listen to her. And so unfortunately, I wish every teacher had had that experience. Um, so that's that's one of the most rewarding things that kind of ignites a lot of the work that you're doing. But I, I would agree with you. I think one of the greatest gifts of this year is I personally and professionally have grown so much. You think back to the start of the pandemic, I was a totally different teacher, right? Wow. Um, and so my personal growth and my professional growth with things like technology, I mean, yeah. it's opened so many incredible doorways. So I'm really thankful for a lot of things that have come out of COVID. Like you, we had COVID. It was very unpleasant for us. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what strain we got, but it was not, not <laughs> you know, um, I, I honestly feel like I might have gotten it from teacher of the year training. I don't know. I can't, you know, I say mean, for who knows? 
Who knows? I was in San Francisco in February of 2020. Oh, because you all got to go to Google. You got to go to Google, right? We did. We didn't get to go. We did. We were in San Francisco for like a week, you know, just walking around the Google campus. (laughs) No idea. No idea that this. No idea. No No masks, nothing. We got to be on Google for our induction. So, you know, you, you, we used Google platforms to engage. (laughs) So. Right. And I I feel like for you, the beginning of your year is going to be kind of sad. And then the end of your year, hopefully is when the floodgates open and and all those experiences open up. So. Yeah. It's, it's been really interesting though. Like um, the people are amazing. Like I, I had this sort of notion that being in this cohort of state teachers of the year for 2021 was going to be a lot like being in a Miss America cohort that it was like, you know, how you see in movies, it's like catty and nobody likes each other and everybody low key resents each other. And that was not it. That's not at all how our crew is. Like our crew is so fun and loving and kind and generous and just like amazing folks. I'm like, well, no wonder y'all are state teachers of the year. Like you're just such wonderful humans you know, and um, I, I wonder if it was, it was probably the same for 2020, right? Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things I was most grateful for is that cohort. Um, I will never forget as the state started shutting down and having different requirements of oh, teachers, wow. yeah. we were kind of seen as like that core communication. Well, that's not what's happening in Nebraska. And I remember sending wow. things to the districts of here's the, the um, COVID guidelines that Kansas has come up with that I got from Tabitha, our, our national teacher of the year. Mm-hmm, yeah. It was really great. Um, I will tell you, it's like we bonded so well together and you know there were tears when we were leaving each other and oh, I can't wait to see you at the White House or whatever. And then I feel like I just desperately miss these people in, in person. So they will become great lifelong friends um, and it's gonna be really fun for you. They're there to lean on and support and- yeah people that have very similar interests um, that help connect you with all sorts of great people all over the yeah yeah um can you still hear me okay we just want to make sure. yeah so um we kind of talked about what you're up to now and i think that's like really great just looking at how you know, gaining this platform for these things that you've always believed in. It's not like you cook up a message when you get the, the, the recognition and, you know, and then it's a new set of work. And so um, that's amazing. The opportunity to amplify the work that you've already been doing and that you believe in. And, you know, especially like in Denver public schools are, we had a financial literacy piece that was going into action, but it was grant funded. And so when the money went away, so did the supports and so did everything else. And so um, it's great to hear that you're working on that on a state level and, and others are doing the same work too. Um, for, for me, in terms of the ethnic studies work and the kind of how do we introduce some sort of anti-racist pedagogy into classrooms and, you know, what I've learned in my um, still few conversations with people across the state is that teachers across the state want to teach all of their students and students across the state, whether they're in a big community or in a small community, they're, they've got a lot of curiosity about the rest of the world and about how others may live. And I think that's going to be a really powerful way to kind of do that. So, um, so as we start wrapping it up, um, I have a personal relationship with the 2021 Colorado teacher of the year. Um, I'm wondering if you have any advice for him, for that individual. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> um, 
You know what? I, I feel like the best advice that I would have is stay true to who you are. And I can see that you're doing that. So I've got great respect for you because you're coming in strong with this, this passion already. But stay true to who you are. I think that as the new teacher of the year, you're going to get pulled from all directions. I mean, I, I've been asked to do all sorts of different things. And so, um, for example, you might get an invitation from somebody that's like, hey, we would love for you to be on this STEM committee and um, rework. Now, if it has something to do with, like you said, the anti-racism and really working from that perspective, you just have to be upfront and honest and say, here's the lens that I can offer you. And mm -hmm. so for me, we had to give people context of, I would be happy to attend, um, but you know, here's here's what I would offer in that situation. And the other thing is, um, there will be times where you're kind of blindsided. And I was told this, and I thought, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a business teacher; I can see through those. Yeah. There will be times that you get blindsided, and as as a Colorado teacher, you're representing all Colorado teachers, right. and so we can't be political in nature or anything like that. Um, I'll never forget it. I went to one event and it started and it was literally like telling people who to vote for. Thank God it was virtual. I just said, oh, I think I'm out of this. Like, I have a really bad connection. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I basically left and I said, I'm really sorry I had to leave. I was not trying to be rude, but I, I yeah. can't be advocating for one side or the other. Sure. Um, in between. So, um, so just be true to who you are. And if your North Star, if your lens is always focused on the students, you're never wrong. And so you know it's right for kids in Colorado. And, and I know that you'll do a great job. And um, we'll have fun working together. You know, it'll yeah. be great. You can help me build some of that into the financial perspective. And, Absolutely. you know, I can help you with whatever you need. So I'm really, really excited for you. I think you're an excellent choice. Thank you. Um, we were impressed with you during your interview. And I'm really excited for the work that you get to do this year. Thank you. Thank you. I was so nervous in the interview. Like it was kind of like, okay, okay. Got to do this. What was I going to say? Um, I had my application like right next to me so I can remember what I actually had said in it um, because it was such a blur. Um, right. I felt that way. You know, um, I don't know if it's worse. I think sometimes on Zoom it's worse, right? Because right. <laughs> you might get a real-time reaction and, you know, so much of communication is nonverbal. For me, I just got so like... Okay. You know, and I think it's because of where I came from. Like I said, I was like, Hey guys, you know, this, I, I'm so overwhelmed personally right now. And so I just kind of walked in like, this is what you get. And at the end, I'll never forget it. They had all sorts of chocolate sitting there. And I said, Hey, just so you know, one thing you guys really need to know about me is I love chocolate. So I'm going to take some of these <laughs> walked out. So amazing. Oh, that's brilliant. Well, uh, Hillary Wimmer, 2020 Colorado state teacher of the year. I've got one last question. This is arguably the most important question um, that I ask on my podcast. Um, now, I, I don't know if um, you're a hip hop person or if you just have your other music that you feel. So uh, top five rappers or artists that you're feeling right now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, so this can be <laughs> I'll, I'll qualify this for you really quick. So this yeah. doesn't have to be a ranking. It doesn't okay. have to be all time. It can be like right now, like that kind of thing. You can have groups count as a single artist. You can have, we had uh, we had Eric Hale on the show um, a while back and he's the, the 2021 Texas Teacher of the Year. And he just found a way to just like use all of the flexibility. So he had a four-way tie for third and you know, all that kind of, so whatever you need to do, 
um, I am down with. <laughs> oh my goodness. So it has to be rap or hip hop or. Not necessarily. It can be just any artist that you like. Um, any artist whose, whose work is kind of speaking to you right now. That's kind of getting you through oh, things. Gosh. Yeah. Wow. Hard one. So many. And you know, I'm not really great with the names of the groups or the titles. Yeah. Um, and so I would say if you're going to look at all time band, and I would go with like Def Leppard. Just oh, because, that's a good one. Yeah, oh. they're like my jam, you know? Yes. <laughs> I, I would drive to Vegas. Um, so, um, you know, I think a lot of what I've listened to this year have been, um, well, um, like I Will Stand By You. There's a mm-hmm. lot of songs where um, I'm trying to just really be motivated and, and think about how, again, how do you become the best version of yourself? How do I get 10% better? Um, if you go back to high school days with me, I'm such a nerd. I loved like Snoop Dogg. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bone Thugs in Harmony. You yes. Know, Tupac, you know, which I'll never forget my friends. And I had so many conversations about, I think he's really alive. And, you know, so. <laughs> Those conversations are still happening. So. <laughs> uh, they're still happening, but you know, I mean, I'll jam out to anything. Honestly, I'm a, I swim it for master swim team. And so I wear headphones when I actually do swimming. So oh, nice. And so you should hear like, people are like, that's your playlist. Miss Summer. Like they just never know what I'm going to be listening to. So yeah. I love music. I love all kinds. And so I don't know yeah. if I gave you, fun, but. I, th- I think so. We had Pac, we had bone thugs, we had Snoop. Yeah. We had Def Leppard, and then you said, and then you have the song "I'll Stand By You." So I think that counts, right? Yeah, yeah, um, right. Well done. I approve. I, you know, I. What's really interesting for me, um, what I really enjoy about doing the uh, the discussion about music is it gives us another sort of uh, window into each other and ourselves, and you know, because it is something that's so ephemeral, and you know, not it it captures emotions that words cannot, and so. Um, so I really thank you for sharing that. So right now, what are yours? You know, I don't get oh, so to mine, sit in the hot seat. <laughs> yeah, so who, am I, who am I feeling right now? Um, it's so I've been really listening a lot to um, Streams of Thought, which is a uh, a series of albums put out by Black Thought from the Roots. Um, the, it's it's really amazing stuff. Like he's arguably one of the greatest rappers ever to live in terms of lyricism. Uh, flow freestyle ability like he's just an incredible um street poet and uh and so streams of thought i really dig into um because it is really his consciousness and related to that i'll separate them out because like it'll because because i think black thought is one musical personality and then uh the legendary roots crew of course um you know they're they're now on um on uh on who's who's who show I, I don't even remember the name of the show because it's just the roots for me um but the, but the roots are amazing because they broke every mold and I think that most of the most of what I think defines my path as an educator is I came in on an alternative license um I wasn't somebody who thought I was ever going to be a teacher uh, I was raised by a teacher but never thought I was going to be a teacher and so I kind of took my own path and um and that's kind of what I love about the roots um, I have a confession. My confession is that I am really into Dua Lipa's work right now. And it is so funny when I say that to people, cause they're like, well, you know, you're like a hip hop head. Like, what's that all about? And you know, there's something intuitive about the way she communicates. And, um, 
you know, and I think sometimes we need that goofy pop music to get through things. Um, I was running with like 175 BPM music and there's like Dua Lipa. I'm like, I'm okay. I'm kind of feeling this. Isn't that bad? Um, J. Cole is another one that uh, speaks to me um, always. Um, his uh, critiques of education are really powerful. The, cur- the curriculum be tricking them. Um, and uh, his uh, lyricism is great. And I'll probably round out my top five with uh, the rapper Jean Grey. Uh, she is amazing. She has been known to produce an album in an hour. Um, she is just a powerhouse, just an incredible artist a lot of people don't know about. So that's my top five. Um, oh my goodness. Well, and you made me remember one. My ultimate, ultimate, you can catch me listening to any time of year. I do love Bob Marley. Oh, I yes. Love the songs, love the lyrics. Um, so, yes, I can listen. Marley song for every movie. All the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Hillary Wimmer, thank you so much for taking time to talk today. Um, I, I anticipate we'll be talking a lot more after this, but um, just thank you so much for coming on. And, um, you know, Teacher of the Year powers unite, right? And um, this is, it's been really special to hear your story and your perspectives on things. Great. Well, thank you so much for having me and good luck with the year. I know you're going to do a great job. So thank you. Kudos to you. I get a, I guess this is where I officially hand you the torch, right? Oh, there we go. Yes. Passing the torch. I will take said torch. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. The Two Dope Teachers in a Mic podcast is made possible by the people. This includes Martha Schwalbe, Jesus Rodriguez, Sarah Foleno, Von Tolliver, Kate Berger, Jessica Robles, Nick Arnoldy, Kelsey Gray, Sarah Fatori, Jody Barker, Jill Boyd Myers, Rosan Perales, Natalie Schaefer, Jackie Parkins, Asia Lyons, Ryan Sullivan, Matt Bush, Aaron Reed, Erwin Mananquil, Marissa Mochia, Patrick Kelso, Olivia Mickle, Kelly Molinet, Connor Sauer, Ali Cochran, Jennifer Chidsey, Graham Hubble, Ella Paul, Michael Pena, Leah Kelly, Katie Johnson, Maria de Jesus, Diana Bustamante Aguilar. Other supporters include Serena Williams, Sophia Halpin, Kate Hollerbeck, Alexis McLean, Nate Kay, Emily Santiago, Jen the Tutor, Jennifer Torman, Mirna Camacho, Jonathan Alman, Esteban Ortiz, Olivia Hiroda, Emily Fraser Abel, Leslie Hamilton, Kristen Edmiston, Patsy Everett, Vicky Onadera, Anthony Wright, Haley Breeden, and Mary Quads. Thank you for your support. If you'd like to join that list of supporters, head over to patreon.com slash teachers and stay dope.